Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to marketing strategies to regulatory pressures. Food is undeniably a central life force for everyone. It gives us the fuel we need to go about our days, and if we're lucky, it also gives us a little bit of enjoyment through delightful flavors and inspired textures. But unfortunately, food is also the number one cause of poor health in America, and our diets are a leading driver of death and disability. An estimated 700,000 deaths occur annually related to what we eat, which influences many chronic diseases, including heart health, obesity, diabetes, immune function, and much more. According to Dariush Mazafarian, who is the dean of the Friedman School at Tufts University. Presenting at several events this spring, including the Grocery Manufacturers Association's Science Forum and the Partnership for Healthier America Summit, Mazafarian explained to attendees that the old adage, an apple a day keeps the doctor away, may be more prescriptive than we thought. He explained that by combining national demographic data, disease rates, and national eating habits, his research revealed that most health problems are created by consuming too few fruits and vegetables and too much salt, processed meat, red meat, and sugar-sweetened beverages. But if food and diet are the cause of so many diseases and health problems, it also could be the solution, an idea that many researchers and legislators are exploring through the bipartisan Food is Medicine Working Group that Massachusetts Representative Jim McGovern helped launch earlier this year. The idea also is gaining traction with several food and beverage startups, including Kashaya Yogurt and AC1 Foods. In this episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast, the entrepreneurs behind these brands explore how food and their products are helping to improve the health of consumers as well as what structural changes need to happen in our society for more people to look at their diet first rather than pharmaceuticals for answers about their health. For Anjali Patti, who launched Kashaya Yogurt as a probiotic-rich therapeutic food after studying at the National University of Natural Medicine for Naturopathic Medicine and Global Health, the idea of food as medicine came naturally but she recognizes that the concept likely feels very foreign to many mainstream shoppers and will require extensive outreach and education. We have trained our minds and and our, you know, humanity basically to think that by popping pills, we can, pills, I mean, you know, supplements and capsules, right? We can actually be healthy, right? We can take this magnesium or we can take this probiotic and this will make us healthy and it's easy and it's convenient, okay? And we're walking away from what we would call the ancient future, right? Which is our ancient civilizations who lived long, long lives because of their ability to use food as medicine. And because of our jobs and the economy and work, we're really moving away from that as, as humanity as a whole, right? So we, there really is no option. You know, we have to go back to that space as using food as medicine because that's, like, that's the only medicine that there is. And I think that that's something 
that's really hard for us to understand sometimes because we're being thrown with so many messages from the supplement industry, from the healthcare industry, um, that we should be, you know, going out and, and taking certain pharmaceuticals or that we should be taking certain things. But if we just were able to live in the present and decrease our stress and decrease our anxiety and implement time into our daily routine to make our food, um, that is so much more powerful than any capsule that you could ever take. Patsy knows from personal experience how difficult this can be, and those struggles actually are the foundation for her yogurt, which is a vegan coconut-based probiotic-packed drink. Um, I actually went to school um, at the National University of Natural Medicine in Portland, Oregon, uh, for naturopathic medicine. Um, and I, I enrolled in 2015. And, you know, I, I was in school and I was uh, kind of on a path of becoming a naturopath um, when I recognized that I really needed to work on, like, healing myself um, and my own eczema and the own, my own stuff that was going on while I was in school because it was actually preventing me from uh, being able to, to do well in school because I was feeling so um, anxious and I had eczema and I had a lot of um, gut stuff going on, uh, probably a lot you know, derived from stress and anxiety. Um, so what I ended up doing is I ended up actually leaving medical school um, and at, at, right around the same time when I was leaving medical school, I actually developed uh, this probiotic coconut milk yogurt. And what I had ended up doing is actually putting my knowledge of the different strains together um, in terms of how it affected immunity and gut health um, and, you know, mental health and things. So the, the, the specific strains are actually very well studied. Uh, so my theory was that I could actually get those strains in a living form and put it into a food form that could be used as a, as a functional probiotic. Um, so, yeah, the idea there was that we could actually literally replace your probiotic capsule for a probiotic yogurt um, and kind of break through that understanding and uh, world, you know, nationwide feeling that, you know, we need to be ingesting a bunch of pills um, instead of really using food as medicine. Uh, so, you know, I was just playing around and I started giving it to my friends and they're like, wow, this is really changing my life. You know, I, I've never felt this good in ages. I'm going to the bathroom. I've never had a probiotic work like this for me before. And I said, well, wow, it's well, what is the difference here? What is happening? And what I started realizing is that literally because we are mixing, um, putting these strains into a coconut milk base, which acts as a prebiotic, right, for the different strains, um, and because we're making them come alive in the substrate and work together as a community, this is actually a, one of the most powerful probiotics. Um, so that's kind of how it started. And once I recognized that I was healing my friends, I, I kind of had no, no other choice but to try to take this to the next level and start healing people and helping people on, on a, in a bigger way. 
Part of what sets this yogurt apart from other products making probiotic claims is the extensive research and clinicals available on the specific strains it includes. Patty explains while it's essential that manufacturers and consumers understand what probiotics are in which products and what they can do and what they cannot do. When we're born, uh, actually, there, there are trillions of different bacteria that are transmitted from, from our mothers, okay? And usually that happens through breastfeeding and vaginal delivery if we're born naturally, right? Um, and so what happens is there are specific bacteria strains that are actually passed. And the groups of those strains are primarily lactobacillus and bifidobacterium. Um, and those two groups are the primary two groups that we're seeded with. So when I was looking at the formula for this probiotic yogurt and looking at what would be the best for people who are having a lot of gut and intestinal issues, you really want to go back to the base. Um, and the base is going back to where are, what are the bugs that we're supposed to be seeded with and because that's really what causes almost 80 to 90% of our digestive issues now is we're, you know, somewhere in our childhood and our upbringing, we weren't given the right microbiome or the right seeding that we needed. Um, and so the research is actually supported by the findings that they've studied on those specific strain groups. And most of the strains that we use are from those two groups. Um, and almost 90% of both of those strain groups are passed from the mother to, to the baby uh, during the first five years of life. So when you're looking for a probiotic and, and the strain, you really want to look at those two groups and make sure that you're getting a diverse amount of strains from those two groups. And of course, each of those groups have specific strains. Um, like lactobacillus acidophilus and bifidobacterium, um, lactis, and, you know, there's many other strains. And, and each strain can relate specifically to um, certain, certain issues that, that people are having. And, and there, are, there are many clinical studies that, that support those issues. And I don't have those with me right now, but, um, you know, there's a lot of evidence that shows, especially from those two groups, that we're talking about. I think there's a whole lot around that question because there is so much nowadays in our food. And, and there's actually a really big one uh, that's coming out. You know, if you walk through Whole Foods, everything says probiotics on it now, okay? Like a lot of the foods are using probiotics as an additive and as a marketing agent, um, kind of something to, to market their product, right? So that's Space is definitely becoming confusing to consumers, I would say. Um, as far as I'm concerned, from, from the research and the perspective of looking at the research, um, you know, there's a lot of food products these days that show, yes, it has probiotics, and then you look at the back of the package and it only has one strain, right? And, and that, too, it's a spore form strain, which um, actually comes from the soil. So when you look at that and, and you you know, there's no evidence in the package or any research on the package. You're like, oh, great, you know, this has probiotics. It should be good, you know. But they're missing the boat in explaining, you know, 
that the probiotics come from the synergistic relationship between all of the strains um, and the way they act together and these specific strains. So I would say, you know, right now, the way that things are, it's very confusing to the consumer. And the most important thing is that you're getting the right information for you. And getting that would be going on, you know, going on to PubMed or any of those sources where you can get data that backs up those strains. Patty notes that effectively communicating all of this to consumers in the retail setting can be really difficult given the restrictions FDA places on the types of claims that foods can make, which is one reason why she wants to sell her beverages through clinicians' offices first and then slowly expand to more mainstream stores. We're not actually allowed to make any claims on on any of our streams uh, or, or anything. We are... The only thing we can make claims uh, in reference to is actually the, you know, any of the strains that have research that are backing up the strain already. We can't actually talk about our product. So what I like to do is I like to publish, and I have this on my website and, and all of my materials, um, research and information that relate to the specific strains and our, our specific probiotic blends. Um, and that goes to say, you know, I'm, I'm very transparent. I put all of the research on the table for, for my consumers. You know, um, if they go online or they reach out to our team or they reach out to me, you know, about specific, you know, digestive issues that are going on, I'll be very transparent about that. And I think that's the thing that's missing. It's just, you know, on all of the food packaging, it just says probiotics. In the back, it'll list the name of the strain, but it won't actually go into detail as to, you know, and and the research behind those strains. Um, and I think that that's really important. The other thing is, any consumer can go onto Google Scholar these days and research any of the probiotic strains that they want to. A lot of the uh, journals and clinical data are actually available through Google Scholar. And so that's something that I really encourage people to do when they're looking for information um, about products. Recognizing that her brand is not even a year on the market, Patty knows she has her work cut out for her to reach her goals. But she says in the next two to three years, she'll focus on expanding her brand's presence in the clinical setting and communicating the benefits of food as medicine to clinicians, who can then act as brand ambassadors and exponentially reach more people. It's been very interesting. It's taking time for me to get people, and especially clinicians, to understand and be receptive to, you know, what I'm asking them to do, essentially, which is get a fridge in your lobby and and get patients to take the yogurt instead of your probiotic that you're selling for $70, right? And you're making, you know, more money off of. So it's... It's interesting, um, but once that education comes into play and once I'm able to get those case studies out, right, um, it, it makes so much sense. And I'm probably one of the only yogurt, you know, probiotic coconut milk-based yogurts that are found in clinician offices. That's, you know, and I think that that's, we need more companies doing that and more food products in that space. I think that's the answer. 
In order for more people to adopt the idea of food as medicine, as well as a healthier eating habits long term, they need choices that are both convenient and taste good, according to the co-founders of A1C Foods, Mariella Glandi and Ron Hirsch. Glandi explains that the duo developed a proprietary method to create low glycemic index alternatives to classic comfort foods like chocolate and bread that people with diabetes or who are watching their carbs often crave but can't have without consequences. Understand that patients, it's, it's very hard for, for people to, to change their habits. Most diets fail because they're trying really hard to make an, a change, but then in the end, a lot of people fall back to their own habits. All in all, it is easy to, to follow, but once in a while, you just want something sweet or you want some snack or you want these things and it's, they're not available. And so the idea is to provide that. I started about three years ago treating patients um, with food because I started to realize that this is the most important medication. I mean, that diabetes is caused by uh, eating, a, eating an excess of carbohydrates over a lifetime. And, uh, and, and the solution is basically to fix it through food. So um, once I started doing that, I started to notice that those food products, you, either you make them at home, uh, and if you want to go buy it, you, you, as far as like easily available, um, you know, things that can replace like your bread and crackers, et cetera, there are none. And people make them at home, but there's not really an option for, uh, for buying these things. And if there are they out there, they're usually with a lot of artificial sweeteners or they have uh, a lack of sugar completely, like, for example, 90% cacao, like uh, chocolate. So we were looking for a new category of food. So we've created basically a formula. We have a formula that is uh, patent pending that allows us to create foods that have very, very low glycemic index meaning that they don't cause a rise in sugar without the use of artificial sweeteners. So that's basically what we're doing. We, we started with the chocolate because that was kind of our, our natural first um, product because I, was, I started playing with this um, in the kitchen when I opened the center because I wanted to give the patients something delicious that they could eat and not feel like they had to compromise on taste. Um, uh, so, you know, when you serve the coffee, you also wanted to give something. And I couldn't give them a cookie, and I couldn't give them normal chocolate that I felt tasted good. Uh, and and um, this, this was what I started playing with. Um, and after, like, a few months, I, I, I tested the chocolate out and saw that it didn't, it didn't that it worked. I, you know, I did a lot of back and forth and, t- and played with the the glucose sensors and to see that it really didn't raise the sugar. And, and, uh, and Ryan said, wow, this is uh, amazing. Let's take it forward and, and develop many things like this. So the, the, the chocolate was our first product, but now we have bread and a pizza on the way. Um, the bread is also amazing. The bread is, is very, very tasty and also extremely low glycemic index, which by now we've tested both of the products at the GI labs in Canada. Um, which gives us an official um, stamp, of, you know, it's an official number for each product. And um, and there are many other products, um, on some some on the sweet side, like uh, ice cream um, on the 
salty. We have crackers and salty snacks also under development. Glandy says the secret to the company's success in formulating these foods is due to the use of real sugar, but only in small amounts and with other ingredients that will keep consumers' blood sugar from spiking. For example, the company's chocolate is packed with almonds, making it a great source for protein, which also helps slow the metabolism of the small amount of sugar used to sweeten the treat. The company also isn't afraid to use fats in its products. We've learned over the years that actually the for the fat, over the last 50 years, we've, we've been taught that fat clogs the arteries, but unfortunately it's this hypothesis, which is called the heart um, the diet heart hypothesis is not based on solid science and has really led, led us very astray because being afraid of fat means eating things that are low fat and low fat by definition means high sugar or high sugar substitutes and sugar leads to a rise in insulin and insulin is what sets our weight point so if we eat a lot of carbs then we're just going to blow up and that's what happened to us as a nation we just 40% of the United States is obese 75% of adults have metabolic syndrome which is a direct consequence of obesity um, it's insane what's happening right and this all started you can clearly see when this obesity epidemic started it started when we started to tell people to to stop eating fat and to or to decrease their fat as much as possible and to fear fat and at that point when the American government came out with these guidelines, which were not based on science. It was like a huge social experiment, um, one of the biggest in, of the century, I think. Um, and, and people followed it. People really did this. Okay, so if the government said, decrease your fat, and you can see that men and women really listened. And women started, started eating many more carbs, and, and men as well. In the case of women, actually, they increased their carbs by 38%, over what they used to do, and men by about 23%. So this really led to, I think it's one of the biggest uh, reasons for the increase in the diabetes epidemic and the obesity epidemic. The products currently offered by A1C Foods and Kashaya Yogurt are only the tip of the iceberg as far as the potential for marketing food as medicine is concerned, according to these entrepreneurs. As Glandi noted, there is tons of room for innovation in comfort foods and snacks, and Patty sees potential for a high probiotic kombucha and even in foods fortified with other nutrients and vitamins across categories. And with that, we've come to the end of another episode of Food Navigator USA Soup to Nuts podcast. I hope you'll join me again next week. And to make sure you don't forget, I encourage you to subscribe to us on iTunes. Until then, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive and profitable week.